So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz, number 25, Type Gun, Nikita. I'm Kirk Vaisola. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you suck. I'm Kirk Vaisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font. And I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. <laughs> Today we have a very, we have a very guest. A very, a very guest. I would say special, but he's a complete asshole. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I agree completely. He's a total utter asshole. My, my really good friend, Nikita Prokhorov, uh, is here today. We met on a website called Dribble. It is a social media website, mainly for artists who do any type of art, from any digital work to paintings to whatever, D-R-I-B-B-B-L-E.com, and that's where we met uh, initially. And then the first time we met face-to-face was at an AIGA in Philly, where Nikita was doing something called ambigrams. And if you don't know what an ambigram is, ambigram is a reflective word or a reflective lettering system that can be two different things or the same thing in different ways, depending on how it's rotated or viewed. And Nikita is really, really good at those. He also has his own new company called Laser Originals, not Laser Original Chips, but like Laser Beam, L-A-S-E-R-I-G-I-N-A-L-S, Laser Originals. Uh, dot com and he makes all kinds of cool fucking lamps and other things on there i'm so excited to have nikita on today and i i'm not saying that in jest i really am happy to have you on brother welcome thank you um i don't know what to say after that introduction i don't think i have anything else to add that should be just the whole podcast done all right yeah. all right <laughs> uh, thanks get up all right you <laughs> listen to the kirk and kurtz packet <laughs> uh, uh, thanks for having me guys and uh kirk it's always a pleasure to chat with you as we always chat about design and life and everything else whether our extensive phone calls which you love oh so much and uh andy it's very nice to meet you man i uh, love the hat the personality the energy so far and uh kirk said a lot of nice things about you i'm not just saying that so nice to meet you as well nice to meet you too yes i'm very excited um i have seen your work kirk has texted it to me many times and I'm jealous. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to sort of dig into your, your background and sort of how you, ambigrams are not something, I mean, it's something, you know, you sort of play with, but not something, at least for me, mainly because I'm not that smart, sink my teeth into. (laughs) Um, So I'm very curious why you sort of decided to, 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 to to go down that path. But, um, but yeah, just, before we get yeah. into all that, uh, <laughs> uh, so I can tell you a little bit about Nikita. Nikita 
is an avid tennis player. Started playing when he was six, correct? Man, hop, just hop, did you take notes or something? That's pretty damn good. I can't believe you remember that. Uh, he does man. research. <laughs> did some research. He does. Jeez. Hold on. Let me cover up my camera here. I don't want <laughs> and he moved over here. He speaks from, from Russia. I don't remember where specifically. But he speaks Spanish and a little Russian wow. and a little English. Um, and he's a very talented dude. Now, in regards to what Andy said, what even got you into design in the first place? I know your grandfather was an architect, correct? Yeah, my grandpa was an architect and an artist. He actually even did drawn out a few logos, which I still have a lot of his old sketches here. But Neat. what got me into design was a complete inability to do computer programming, which was my major in college. Like, I don't know if <laughs> you, any of you guys ever tried Java or C++. Oh, God. One of the first programs you write is Hello World, at least back then. I couldn't even get that to work. <laughs> so the whole the whole the whole purpose of the program was to write out a code. And when you press the button, it spits out "Hello World" on the screen. That was the whole purpose of that program. Uh. I couldn't get that to work. Um, and after after some two and a, or one and a half semesters of playing pool in the game room on campus and not really going to class because I didn't want to, my GPA was uh, dangerously low, and I had to either get kicked out of college because I wasn't probation for that last semester where I was a computer science major or I had to find something else to occupy my time. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it was my mom or grandma. Or, I think it was my mom that recommended suggested design work, something creative. And I didn't know what design was at the time. I had no idea, but I walked over to the building, the corner building in my undergrad university, talked to the administrative assistant there, uh, looked at the curriculum, like, well, anything has to be better than computer science and Java and C++. I'm sold. Sign me up, please. <laughs> and uh, that was it. That was the beginning of the beginning of my design career. Yeah, not, not too exciting. Not because I was passionate about it. I just had to get out of programming and computer science. So that's that's great. I it's funny because I was actually majoring in computer science, not computer science, medicine. I was going to be pre med major, and I, <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. And I, I pretty much had the same experience about going to the arcade room and break room and just playing ping pong and not really going to class. Ended up on probation, went back to the JC, started doing art, and the rest is kind of history. Uh, so as far as specifics go, you know, you're you're one of the best people I've ever encountered with type in general. Um, yeah. As far as handling it, figuring out how it works, so it it just really goes hand in hand with the ambigram aspect of things, you know. So. How did you realize after you started to, you know, fall into or trip into design by accident, when did you realize like, oh shit, I really like type and I really like doing ambigrams? Uh, that was also quite uh, much later in life. Like I went through my undergrad design school from 98 to 2003. Then I went through grad school 2003 to early 2006. And I didn't really realize you could draw custom type until or custom letter, not even custom typefaces, just letters until after I graduated from uh, grad school. So after I had two, two degrees in design, I thought to myself, okay, yeah, I'm gonna start teaching now. And then I stumbled across the work of uh, Dana Tanamachi and Jessica Hage. Mm -hmm. And the, those works initially just absolutely blew my mind. I still consider those two as somewhere really initial early inspiration for type and custom lettering. And then I went on to try to draw custom letters really awkwardly. And then I started practicing more and I started uh, you know, mimicking other artists that I've seen do really beautiful lettering work. And then I started trying to do some of my own lettering work. 
And that just kind of transpired into ambigrams. And ambigrams, I stumbled across the book Angels and Demons, which is how I think 98% of the people learn about ambigrams. The other 2% is probably from the tattoo industry. Because there's guy guarantee if you if you take a pen and drop it anywhere in a map within a 50 mile radius, it's probably someone with like an ambigram tattoo or like <laughs> life and death or something, something very typical ambigram right. tattoo. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so then I, when I stumbled across the book in uh, Barnes and Noble, I was walking to a bookstore. I picked it up because it was a bestseller list. Uh, like, whatever, it's a book. Cool. I'm going to take a look at it. Couldn't get past the sixth or seventh page, which had the ambigram on it. And I started trying to draw my own. I didn't finish the book for like two weeks, but I got my first ambigram two weeks later. And that was, that was just the beginning of my ambigram journey as well. And it still kind of continues to this day. That's cool, man. How do you, how do you, um, what's your process for doing it? Um, well, I don't know. I can really show you my desk, but there's just random pieces of paper, tracing paper. There's some envelopes and bills, which I don't open usually because I use them to sketch uh, instead of, uh, you know, oh, hey, here's a bill for my student loans. Uh, what can I do with this? I know I can use the sketching paper. Um, so, Andy, to answer your question, my process is just pick a word and see if it turns into an ambigram. Just play and right with now, it. And just play with it. Yeah. Some, some of them, I don't know what Kirk would tell you this, but some... Some ambigrams could take like five minutes to figure out. Some I've gone back like two, three years later and made them work somehow. And it just takes, it's it's unpredictable. It's like, I like to refer to ambigram as a puzzle where you know what the solution is, but you don't know what the all the pieces are. Yeah, it's it's so cool seeing the process too, because Nikita has a system and, and I've seen it done several times where he writes out a word, say for instance, it's help, right? So he writes out the word help. And then he writes in uppers and lowers, sometimes mixed. And he writes it upside down the same way and compares compares characters and lines mm. to see where you can actually yeah. have, when you can have symmetry or we can have things kind of cheat and flip. And it's it's so weird because it's it's totally creative, but it's also very scientific. It there is a certain like mm-hmm. process you go through in order to get you to where the word actually works both ways or however you want it to work. Mm-hmm. And the latest one you've done is Splash Brothers. Uh, oh, still working on that. It's it's really fucking cool. This won't come out till next week, so don't worry about it if, if it's a surprise. But um, with the NBA Finals kicking off tonight, go Warriors. The uh, He sent it to me. We can't see it. Your, your filter's on. So he sent it to me, and I was like, dude, that's fucking dope. Um, that is really cool. So oh, it's... This is a new sketch, by the way. This is the one I did this morning. It's not the one that you saw. I improved it a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. Splash Brothers. So we're just yeah. watching Nikita flip over a piece of paper. And uh, so, how do you know? How do you know when something's working and when you just have to give up on it? As far as like an ambergram goes, like when you're just like, "Fuck it, this isn't gonna work," and you just move on. Well, usually when I throw something at the wall or at the screen, or I just <laughs> throw, I gotta do a crumple up the piece of paper, and just throw it over my uh, over my shoulder, and try to hit someone in the coffee shop. Uh, no, sometimes it's a matter of uh, of not frustration, but just realizing, hey, no matter no matter what I do, no matter how I try to twist it, some ambergram, some word's just not gonna work. Just like, yeah, you you try to achieve some sort of object, like whether you're running or training for a sport or doing some sort like dancing, you, you try to move. Uh, that you just know you can't do, or you try to lift them out of weight, which you can't, or you try to go for like a hundred mile run when the most you run is like one mile at a time. And you just know it's not going to work until 
either you find a solution over time, it's almost like visual training your eyes and training your hand to draw something. And sometimes a solution isn't possible. So it's not always, not every word can become an ambigram and that's, that's perfectly fine. It's like, you know, that, uh, what's a, what's a famous saying? Uh, can't please everyone all the time. Uh, today's, today's not your day. Tomorrow's not looking good either. Well, same thing with the word, you know, like not all words turn into an ambergram. You know, it's not going to work today, probably not going to work tomorrow. So I'm okay with that. Right. Or, or no one to hold them, no one to fold them. <laughs> it sounds like a, that, that could be a country song. It's a country song. Yeah. yeah I, know. I think it's, I, know. I think, I think it's, I think it's Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely no, it's Kenny Rogers. Absolutely. I think it's Kenny Loggins right before he wrote the top gun music. <laughs> And uh, oh, the other Kenny, the other Kenny. I'm <laughs> You've now listened to bad, bad quotes from old songs by Kirk and Kurtz. Um, sidebar: Are you guys, are you guys going to go yeah, see Top Gun: The Maverick? Oh, or uh, I've already seen it. I've already seen it. Oh yeah, we have to brief on it. Good. So, what'd you think, Andy? Well, the IMAX. I think I'm too old for IMAXs. <gasps> Did it make you dizzy? Yeah. No, it didn't make me. It didn't make me dizzy. It made me really. It's so loud. The visuals oh, okay. didn't bother me. It was the the volume was really uh, loud, and like um, but it got better once the actual movie started. Oh, <laughs> well, see, the previews were scary. The Despicable Me Part Two grew, beginnings of grew or whatever. Oh wow, that must have been loud. It was it, it was so intense, and it was yeah it was like panic attack inducing. Yes. Um, but once it got to the movie, like it was, I was able to get like sucked in. Um, and uh, no, it was fine. I just it was. I mean, I can't imagine how much an IMAX is in California, but here it's like, it it was expensive to yeah. uh, get those tickets. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a simple simple man. Uh, <laughs> That's also a song I think. I yeah simple simple pleasures uh and that was a little rich for my blood um so I think I might just be doing the regular theater from here and out but it was fun thank you for the recommendation I really I did enjoy now. it no don't bad. worry about it I've I've wanted to do the IMAX in our town for a while so it was a good movie to do but no it was I loved how they had a perfect mixture of the old and yes. like Nicole my wife she's like she can recite the lines, so she knew like a lot of the, a lot more of the references than I did. Right. Um. To like to like that the original movie, I just knew the visuals. Like, pretty sure they use the same font for the yes. intro. Yes. And um, the title credits and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously the intro is very similar. I mean, yes. it's just a perfect blend, homage, but also like crazy intense, um, action sequences. I, yeah. I've, I liked yeah. it. It was good. Come along, way in thirty years, um, and no, no weird sex scene that I had to go through with my nine-year-old son, <laughs> which is what I was worried about. Like Tom Cruise, like him and I, I, I had to escort him to the the as he calls it the potty um, when they were when he was talking to Val Kilmer. Spoiler alert! Ah. Oh yes, sorry. <laughs> He, people know he's in there but it's it, and then when they were playing football and and then i think the next scene so then we we went we missed the football scene which was fine nicole got to see that by herself and then we got back 
And we we sat down and that was when like him and Jennifer Connelly like are, get together, like, but they're just talking, you know? And I was like, when's it gonna happen? It's gonna <laughs> happen. They're gonna start doing it. And Arlo's gonna be like, Woo! his eyes are gonna be like super big. And it didn't happen. So I'm yeah. very, I, it was great. It was perfect. So now that, now that, you know, Andy's told you the whole story, Nikita, you don't have to go watch it, but <laughs> I will say this, I'm still going to watch it. So thank you for not too many spoilers, but I will say this. <laughs> Couldn't they have come up with a better freaking name than Rooster? I mean, come on, Rooster, Goose, it, who was the yeah. copywriter for that film? Seriously. I was thinking they could have called him Gander. It's good enough for the Gander. It's good enough for the Goose. Good enough for the goose, good enough for the gander. See, that would have been cool. Gosling. Gosling. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's the baby goose. I don't see right. why you wouldn't. And then just pop Ryan Gosling in there. Exactly. And... You took the worst right out of my mouth, Andy. That's right. Well, that, but that dude, that actor that they picked for the rooster. Miles Teller. Anthony, what, or not Anthony Michael Hall. What's the. Miles Teller. The, and then. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But the, the dad, the dad. It's uh, Anthony Edwards. Oh, Edwards. Anthony Edwards, that's right. Just just like, I mean, he was a perfect, like, son visual. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, no, it was, yeah, that was, we we did not like, the, my son on the drive back, he was like, the, the helmets weren't as good as the first one. And I thought he meant the design of that, oh. like, the, the physical, like, look of the helmets. No, he meant the design and the names. Yeah. Because he was like, the old one, it's like Viper, Merlin, you know, yeah. Merlin, yeah, Merlin. like all these like cool Iceman, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then now we get Fanboy, Bob, and Bob, and <laughs> yeah, it's like they were trying, the, they were trying to find edgy names that weren't memification, memification yeah. of. I mean, Viper, Viper, how cool is that name from the original? Yes, badass. so good. So good, and that movie really paced well because it told all about the what happened to to Maverick and what was going yeah. on and his relationship with Iceman and everything else. It's a yeah. really, I thought it was really well done. Yeah. I'm sorry it yeah. was too loud, but the it's okay for me. All you'd have to see in IMAX would be the flight scenes. I mean, I think that yes, yeah, that is like the the creme like of the entire film is just yeah, just the flight scenes in in general. But yeah. so anyway, you were going to ask. Sorry. Good, good, Nikita. I was gonna say, did you any of you guys watch some of the behind the scenes, not at the theater, but just floating around online in the prelude up to the movie, where they talked about how they filmed all the flying scenes and real F-18s and how they took all the wow. forces and spins. It was, I would have, uh, I would have cool. given my kidney to be in one of those planes to uh, just fly around like that. Seriously, um, that would be amazing. Yeah, it's uh, that was one of my dreams as a kid was to fly a SR-71 Blackbird. I was so into planes, still am into planes. And in realizing that only 0.0001% of people <laughs> in the Air Force actually work on them, much yeah. less fly them, I was like, well, that's not going to happen. But the, <laughs> the one thing that, that happens every year that comes over here is that we have in California, they have Fleet Week in San Francisco. And so I live in San Leandro, which is, yeah. which is, if you're on, on a good day on a hill, you can see the entire Bay Area. Like you can see from San Mateo, which is like 40 miles south to, to wherever, which is um, Sausalito, which is past the Golden Gate Bridge. You can see fucking everything. And the Blue yeah. Angels always fly over our house when they come in. And so the last time they came, 
and just the sound of a jet itself it's like oh yeah it's like this real deep oh yeah you know it because we live right next to the airport so they park here in oakland but they do their shit in san francisco yeah so the oakland airport in the mornings you can hear um ups planes you can hear fedex planes all taking off and i heard those I'm like that's that's a jet that's a fucking that's jet and i go out to my backyard <laughs> and i look up and two of them right over me going uh, going they were they weren't going supersonic because there was no boom but yeah. they, were, they were booking it and they were about 150 200 feet up yeah that's well that's pretty low okay. yeah right over yeah. yeah it's so it's so amazing but anyway yeah that's so, awesome anyway nikita ambigrams um <laughs> we were talking about those and andy had a question and then there was the sidebar of top gun which which is always we will always accommodate a top gun sidebar um <laughs> well we'll wait until the next movie <laughs> this yeah <laughs> this question will um will segue into a sidebar that i want to bring up with this little crew here um how do you choose the style because it's all when you look at your ambigrams it's all over the board you know you have like black letter and then you have like vintage sort of like i don't know like vintage inspired ones and brush grips and like all this crazy stuff what what is your sort of process with choosing that do you let like the content inform that or is it yeah you know what yeah i can i've great question i've i got that a few times so i have a perfect answer prepared um perfect <laughs> usually like in an ideal scenario the word or the topic reflects is reflected by the style so if i'm doing the ambigram for the word black letter for example you know i will use kind of a, a black letter typeface with appropriate you know fracture maybe english gothic maybe something script related but that's the style i would use but most of the time the legibility and how mm. well the amber can be read by anyone that's what drives the style for the most part mm -hmm. uh, because in the, initially when i start the ambergram process i just use thin just just mono weight lines just to draw it out to see if it'll work because i don't really try to apply a style before it's like you know, if you're designing a brand identity for for a company you start designing i don't know you start designing the banner and a billboard and a i don't know a brand booklet before you even know what the colors the type of logos are so i definitely design the ambigram first and then once i know that it's possible then i start playing around with a different style and like i said ideally it would be great if every ambigram reflected the topic that it is but that doesn't always happen so that the legibility and readability drives the aesthetic the typographic aesthetic every single time got it nice yeah yeah so my second no go ahead kirk oh, no i was gonna say it's always fun because he, he sends me <laughs> he sends me sketches when he's in progress and then he'll send digital ones too he's like which one do you like better and you have to look and really look because there's like a slight yeah. change with the crossbar and a t or the crossbar is higher or there's a dot in a different place and it's like okay so you really have to take it in and look at it and it's, it's just and those little nuanced uh, aspects of working on the type makes such a difference in, in regards sure. to the actual legibility so but anyway your segue to the next question andy sorry about that well no that that then got me thinking about something else we'll get to that at some point it's not important um do you always start in as a sketch like in a, just a raw like yeah analog sketch with all these yeah i'm a i'm an old school guy in that sense i'm analog through and through pencil 
tracing paper, Sharpies, yeah. parallel pens. I mean, honestly, whatever I have lying around, uh, but always on paper because it's uh, the computer. I'll use a quote from Mitch Hedberg. I don't know if you ever heard of Mitch Hedberg. He was a brilliant stand-up oh, yeah. comedian. Um, one of his favorite ones for me was uh, my manager said, Mitch, don't use liquor as a crutch. And I said, I can't use liquor as a crutch because the crutch helps me walk. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of my delivery is way worse than his, but the computer, I think the same way. If Perfect. you jump in the computer right away, it's Illustrator or Photoshop is not going to help you create something better. So until I can yeah. do it well on paper, I don't even bother going into the computer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's crummy because people will, especially now, they'll say, "Oh, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that." I usually get on the digital and I sketch, I sketch on the computer all the time. And it's like, well, you're still sketching. Like even if you're on a Wacom, you're still sketching on yeah. the computer. You're not like going digital. It's it's so much easier to get ideas out that way too with a pencil and paper. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be able to see if you can do it um, and see how it works. Because if you try to get too far in, you end up forcing a solution as opposed to like seeing how it organically would form. And I think that's that's a major thing that's being missed out with people who don't use pencil and paper anymore. Or look at you like you're crazy when you say you do that. Because I do that all the time. Like I sketch out everything, everything, no matter what it you is. You send me your sketches as well, man. And I, you know what? I love them. Yeah, you're bringing up a good point because, I mean, sometimes I use Procreate for sketches. We're not trying to create a final piece. I'll just do some quick doodles. I mean, that's, I, I can argue that that's still sketching because you're not trying to refine and create a final product. You're just using it just mm -hmm. like you would a piece of paper. So that to me is still sketching. Right. Unless you jump directly like Illustrator, Photoshop and try to, do something final without even thinking a little bit on paper or just right. an empty canvas. That just that's not going to help you at all. Regardless whether it's ambigrams or typography or branding or any any kind of design, illustration, textile, anything really. Yeah, it it's um, there's something about the finality of those applications that you lose. In, or that you gain when you go when you're sketching. You know, like you don't have to worry about the preciousness of that artifact because you're just, it's the, the you know, it's just sketching. You can erase it, you can throw, you can ball it up and throw it behind you, whatever. And, uh, and once you open up the application, then it's like, oh yeah, okay, now I've set up an artboard. This is legit. This is it. It's locked in. It feels very confining. Whereas a, a piece of paper, I mean, it can be anything. You can sketch anywhere, you can do whatever, and it just yeah. is not as student loan bills. Student loan bills, love those. I've I've switched to all digital, so I don't have as many to sketch on, but I've got plenty of other bills to sketch on. The uh, city, city, the city one, you know, they're 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 way behind, so they still send us paper um statements. So I, I can still sketch on the city sewer and trash and all that kind of stuff. Well, Andy, if you want me, if you want me to send you a couple of my bills, I'd be happy to do that. You know, I I've got plenty of them. We've just, we're, we're slowly converting <laughs> to, to the, uh, to paperless. <laughs> um, oh, man, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> what I wanted to bring up is, um, is the segue back into pop culture is have y'all weighed into the whole um, debate around the Obi-Wan title credits and how the uh, the spacing is the spacing is and yeah. I saw somebody somebody said this looks like a high school project or something yeah um, they're, they're hypercritical about it yeah well I mean 
hypercritical, but it is. You, yes, you, it's it's rough. Yes, to be that to be that big of a thing. The problem is, is that they don't they're not paying attention to the lettering. They're paying attention to the motions and the motioning and the animation. That's of true. The lettering. That's true. And, and also captured a screenshot. Yeah. And yeah, and it's moving. Yeah. Well, well, not only that, but when someone has type done, like I went over the whole big thing with print, right? Print magazine with yeah. that was it Pearl Fisher that took it over or someone took it over. Yeah. And I went through and each single word that was put on the screen, the kerning was off. Every yeah. single fucking word. I remember you sent that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Every single word. And it's like, dude, you're a fucking print magazine. It, yeah. You have to it, you have to really think about that because once something's printed, that's it. It's final. Yeah. You're not gonna go back and make a change. Like I can see if you're doing something, you know, online, a website, there's a typo, just go in and fix it. Or this image doesn't line up, oh, go ahead and fix it. But once you've printed something, that's it. Um, and Done. it just doesn't make sense that you call yourself a print magazine, but then miss major details in regards to, sure. to large headlined lettering uh, segues or whatever to explain something. Like, how can you miss that? Like, why wouldn't you go through, spend the fucking hour going through each one, like, or going through all of them to get them all done and then go back yeah. and do it. An extra hour would have fixed that. And I think the problem is that people just get to, they're so worried about the result. They don't think about the processes to make a proper result. You don't think about all the things necessary in and outs of making something work, bless you, to make sure that it looks proper when it's done. They just think about, oh, well, I'm gonna have this look cool. This looks cool. Like, yeah, it's great. You're right. It looks amazing. It looks very cool, but the spacing's off. Uh, it's like, you know, that, that one, the best one is the pink, the pink, the orange box that says 10 fuckering lights when it's supposed to be flickering oh, lights. I know which one you're talking about. Right? <laughs> it's it's so good. So, I mean, I think that's a, a major process that's missed out is that people don't think about how things should look. They just think about how cool they look when they move or animate. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. That's, that's what's being missed in that. But yeah, I, I saw it and, I, and I'm at the point kind of now where shit like that isn't really that bothersome to me. Because it's not that massive of a deal. Like I looked at it. And Are you sure it doesn't bother you that much? It's it's off a little bit. Well, the print one bothered me a lot because they're in a design print magazine. Yeah. Um, Obi One is a design title or credit from a a studio that does many science fiction movies and and science fiction themed things, right? Whereas this is an actual design. And you're supposed to be like the top pinnacle creme de la creme right. of design. Your shit should be on point. Other like, I can give Obi Wan a pass because it's just for entertainment. I mean, Lucasfilm the logo, that thing just needs a ton of love. It's just so bad. <laughs> like looking yeah. at it, it's like, ugh, but. Can we do a short another short segue to Top Gun based <laughs> from this conversation? Because let's go back. Let's go back to Top Gun. Let's let's go back down to Top Gun. Um, the new logo is absolute crap compared to the old one. The spacing Ooh, is off. The yeah. whole thing looks unbalanced. It just looks ridiculous. And I, I actually I did a little uh, did a little uh, on my Facebook page. I did a little quick revision uh, using the new logo and the new wings and the word Maverick, but actually making it look similar to the old one. And it literally took five minutes to make it more balanced, make the consistent angles and curves. Because this is spacing between the lines, and I'm just curious, you know, my logo, whatever work I do, may be seen by you know a couple dozen people, right? 
the work right. on a movie poster like Top Gun or any movie is going to see my millions, millions. and millions around the world. So yeah. why not take the extra, you know, 10, 15 minutes yeah. if you have that power as a designer to tweak it a little bit. And I know that there's a lot of decision makers and Top Cruise's name has to be bigger yeah. than the logo and the directors, everyone, producers all get input, but they're just such little tweaks. I don't think it's something that would step on anybody's toes. The problem is, man, is they don't care. They're hiring people who are probably younger, who don't have the yeah. eye or the experience, and they just don't care. They just, well, we'll get it through or whatever. Um, like for me, the biggest thing I, I that bothers me a ton is the, speaking of consistency and branding or whatever, aside from all that, is when you see a movie poster and there's a certain font on it, Right. And then you go to the movie itself and it's totally different. Like the opening credits are totally different. It's like, why can't you match those? I know like for Avengers, they did Endgame, they did Infinity War and all yeah. those other things. And they were they were actually like Endgame was similar to the to the movie itself or the poster. But it's just like, why can't you just match those things? It's such a small thing uh, of consistency and alignment and everything else in regards to making your brand solidify itself. So that, that bothers me for some reason, and I don't know why. But yeah, the, the Maverick, I know the star where it says Maverick and everything else is super tight. There's no spacing between it. And I'm thinking all they had to do is copy Top Gun, and they didn't even copy it the same. It's different. <laughs> like, yep. it, it's the same lettering, and if you look at it, it's like, okay, it kind of looks the same, but the spacing is different on that too. So yeah, that's a good. Hey, man, that's, that's a segue, but it's in regards to type and typography and things of that nature which is what you specialize in one thing i want to ask you about yeah exactly uh <laughs> going back to your your architectural slash building side of of yourself there's there's something that you're doing right now it's called laser originals and i don't know how else to say that if i'm saying it right but it's laser and then originals so like originals but it's laser cut pieces of art in lamps and things of that nature and they are gorgeous, man. Um, they're so nice. And I actually have, you know, when Nikita first started playing with, with the little um, laser cut stuff that he has at home, he printed this out for me and I still have it. It's a little typography Whoa. thin case. <laughs> and I still have stuff in it. And all these pieces were flat when they came to me and I put them all together. This little box and I broke part of it. So I had to wood glue it back together. But it's, it's super cool and it's like so much fun. You put so much time and energy into this and effort and it looks professional, shockingly enough, um, from you. Yeah, I know. Shocking, shocking to me too. <laughs> so so now you're, you're, you're fully launched Laser Originals and you're doing all kinds of stuff there. What led you to take the next step from doing, you know, a custom cut pencil holders and, and boxes to doing like lamps and things of that nature? What, what made you think about doing that? Because they're really cool. Well, thanks, Craig. I appreciate it. And uh, Andy, if uh, you send me your address, I'd be happy to send you one of my laser original creations. See what I did there? Um, very would, would awful, love very it. horrible plug. Um, <laughs> but yeah, shoot me your address. We would love to send you something. Um, to answer your question, Craig, I don't know what lit. I think this was an instance uh, of putting a cart before the horse where I saw the laser cutter, Glowforge. I saw it on the Kickstarter a number of years ago, like oh, five years ago. And I thought, oh, that would be pretty cool to buy. I bet I could make some cool things with that. 
said said every designer ever when they see an expensive piece of equipment somewhere and um i ended up buying it on kickstarter i ended up being pulled into it didn't get it for almost two and a half years because they had delayed production for technical reasons and there was some not recalls but there were trouble delivering the product based on the standard that they promised in the kickstarter campaign so after the kickstarter ended i waited almost two years for it and literally the, the last week, which I gave myself on the calendar, I said, okay, if I don't get it, if I don't get a notice that it's being shipped, I'm going to go get a refund because they were promising 100% refund. And literally two days before that period, I got a notice your shipment is on its way. I'm like, all right, finally, thank God, after two effing years. Uh, <laughs> so I got the Glowforge and the first year, year and a half, two years, I literally just played around with it. I made a few things here and there, nothing. Not, didn't design anything from scratch, just tested it out, some engraving, some cutting. And then, uh, Andy, I don't know if Kirk mentioned this, but I'm a, well, not an avid scuba diver, but I go whenever I can. So semi, semi avid scuba diver. And nice. when I was uh, swimming, swimming around scuba diving in the Caribbean, I was, there was a real nice batch of corals that were swimming in all sorts of different shapes, especially the tube corals uh, that are just waving in the water. And it was absolutely gorgeous, perfect day. And I thought to myself, these look pretty cool as some home products i didn't think of if it would be a vase or glass or metal or wood but i thought those look cool as something so then when i got home i started you know a few weeks after that i started sketching i started prototyping building and i built one of them as a gift for my mom for her 70th birthday that was uh about three three years ago three and a half years ago and she absolutely loved it and then i thought to myself well damn if my mom loves it then the rather seven and a half billion people <laughs> should absolutely love it so yeah <laughs> i don't know if that was my exact thought but i thought you know it looks pretty cool on the desk what if i design something from scratch and my goal was to build something that can be assembled really quickly no glue no tools just but get it in a box or get it snap it together slide it together click it together and it's ready to go whatever whether it's a you know mm -hmm. pencil, pencil box whether it's a lamp so that's how it all started and um I haven't launched it yet. I was supposed to was supposed to be done. Full confession was supposed to be done by the end of May of this year. Uh, I'm probably going to need another week and a half or two to get it done. But it's in the final stages where nice the website is done. Photos are taken, edited. I just need to change some copy, do some backend Shopify stuff, which I have no idea how to do. But a good buddy of mine who is a Shopify uh, guru is helping me with that. And uh, then the next two weeks is going to be all live and ready for purchase. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so cool. I'm actually on the site right now. Um, oh, did I give you? Oh, that's right. I gave you the I gave you the password so you can check yeah. it out the pre the preview. Yeah. Um, I'll 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 send it in the chat and then Andy can look at it too. But these dude, it's it's so it's so amazing. Like I, I'm just I'm just fucking dumbfounded by this stuff because you sat there and you thought of it and you drew it out in Illustrator and you think of all the dimensions and it's it's really. It takes so much time. And Andy, you know, we talked about shippers too, right? Like doing shippers yeah. and how much time that takes to do. And the fact that you have to like print something out and you have to look at how it folds and then see where everything is. And then you have to then um, design it and then make sure it all works together. And then you have to put it, to make sure it prints out and assembles properly. So without the dial line for the shipper, that's what you're doing basically, Nikita, is you're taking the the idea of like how would this one side reflect and make all kinds of other things but it all kind of ties into symmetry and ambigrams and everything else it's just kind of how yeah. your brain's wired it's pretty cool man very cool yeah mm -hmm. thanks dude appreciate it 
Yeah, man. You also play tennis, and um, it's something that you enjoy doing. And oftentimes, I will get uh, suggestions for shirts that you may want to make. Like I have fuzzy balls and things of that nature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so tennis is something you enjoy, and like for me, Andy and I it was is bourbon and and music. What is the the thing that got you into playing tennis? You started when you were six, but what got you into that? Well, my uh, mom and my grandparents, they were very adamant about me being active, active as a kid. So I had art lessons, swimming lessons, and tennis lessons. And uh, art, I'm obviously doing it just in the shape of design uh, more so. Uh, swimming, I still swim decently. I'm not going to drown if you throw me in the water. You know, That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so that's I, I'm covered there. And uh, tennis, I just continued playing when... I moved uh, when I moved to the U.S. Um, definitely wasn't as dedicated as I should have been because the amount of dedication my mom put into giving me lessons is not even one thousandth of the dedication I put into it taking advantage of that. But it's just an awesome pastime. I actually have a game today at six o'clock. We're uh, supposed to be playing not outside because, like I said, there's a like a half an inch of pollen on the ground. But uh, we're playing some indoors, uh, some indoors tennis today, which should be fun. But yeah, it's it's just. It's a fun sport. It's a good social sport, and especially if you play, uh, you know, if you play with us within a group, because it's a group, it develops some nice contacts, nice relationships. Like I'm doing a quick logo job for one of the, one of my tennis buddies. He has a, his own construction company, so you kind of develop these little nuances and connections and circles. You know, not necessarily your best friend, not necessarily someone you want to go and spend like a weekend in Europe with, but it's good contact. It's social. It's another level of social interaction. It's you know, you're united by a common interest, common passion, and sometimes it does turn into friendship. Sometimes you just say, you know, hey, it's my good tennis buddy, you know, right. it's, just, it's, just, it's just fun. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. I I really, I really love getting the random pictures of a tennis court or whatever that you send me on occasion. Um, <laughs> I, I think growing up and having hobbies is so important, especially for kids, not even necessarily to to keep them busy, but to enhance their mind to enhance their thought process and things like that. My mom always kept us busy. I think the biggest reason was because we were four boys and she wanted to keep us out of trouble. And <laughs> being black and growing up in a hillbilly town, it's like the best way to do that is to get you involved in sports, right? Because if you get involved in sports, you do pretty well in sports. People recognize that and see you in the paper and won't give you much. And they recognize you from being out in the streets or whatever. And, and not out in the streets, but just being out and about. And they yeah. tend to take a little more... Um, have a little more deference in regards to respect respecting you and, and yeah. that nature but i i don't know what i would do without sports in general like I, I love sports i love watching sports i love i love playing them um mainly soccer i tried playing tennis a couple of times it just wasn't a big deal or a big thing for me but i i can't help it um nikita is there anything else that you would like to add or andy anything else you'd like to add or ask nikita before we close well, I'd like to add something. What are you, what are you gentlemen uh, betting in the NBA finals, Gold State Warriors or East Coast Lakers or East Coast Celtics? What are we thinking? Well, so, I'm a, go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say when, when you guys were talking about, was it Smash Brothers or Splash Brothers? Splash, Splash Brothers. <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking well, about. So. Smash, Smash Brothers is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Is Nintendo Mario Mario Brothers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I thought would be a cool 
like NBA nickname for some people, like Smash Brothers. Like, yeah, we're gonna go Smash. Um, so yeah, I, well, I, well, um, I'm not. We'll just let that go. <laughs> yeah, let's definitely let's skip that one. Yeah, yeah, you you can go Smash all you want, Andy. I'm sorry, I just won't tell Nicole. Right. <laughs> I'm a I'm a bumpkin. I'm not exposed to all this stuff. I don't it's know okay. these things. It's okay, man. So yeah, so I don't. I have no connection i usually do participate um when uh, at the 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 championships Mm -hmm. that's when i get involved whether it's the world cup or um tennis or whatever i'm like oh there's something happening march madness you know yes it's only till the end when i really get and i'm like yeah what about the saint what was it saint the the peacocks they were great um The team that it was like a Cinderella team. They they oh made it yeah yeah sweet sixteen Saint Paul's right. or Saint something. Anyways, so I have yeah I have no I don't know anything about it. So I have no money on it. Oh okay. Well I I have Andy in, in the same way. Like Miriam and I will put up our March Madness. We have like an actual printed bracket. We fill out all the names oh. and like cross things out, move things over and. And we have this thing called B Day that we watch. Um, yes, I saw you. I saw the setup. Yes, yeah. And so we, we do that during March Madness. But for me, during the NBA Finals, and I'm a Warriors supporter. I'm in the Bay Area, so I support the Warriors. Um, but I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. But the Bulls got knocked out in the first round, so yeah. whatever. Um, but watching the Warriors play is is the true essence of teamwork. Mm. It's it's egoless. It's what it means to have a, a unit that works together really well, regardless of sports, regardless if you like the Warriors or hate the Warriors, there's no one that can say that they don't play really amazing basketball because it's, it's just so, it's so, it makes it, they make it look so effortless and they all have different skill sets and talents and they all work together and there's no, selfishness there's no ego on a team if you look back at past champions you know you look at like the celtics you had larry bird right the pistons you have isaiah thomas you look at the bulls you have michael jordan yeah the celtics you are the lakers you have uh magic johnson and and Shaquille kobe i mean Shaquille and kobe like those are big time egos and if you look at this this warriors team you have steph curry who's possibly the best shooter to ever live you have clay thompson who is possibly the, the the sweetest, most prettiest jump shot I've ever seen in my life. And then you have guys like Andre Godala who are on the bench, and you have uh, all these other players, that are Jordan Poole, and all these other players, the Draymond Green, and yeah. they're all very good, but none of them have egos. No, no, they're not going to say, well, they're not going to be pissed about something. They're all congratulatory, and they're all happy when they all win. They're all happy at everybody getting gets. And that's how I feel in regards to, this will sound cheesy, but my design friends like if i hear about nikita getting a job or doing something it's like i'm super happy if i hear about andy you doing something or you send me those illustrations i'm super happy anytime one of my friends or family or somebody does something well i think that we're all on the same team and i want to see you win and it's kind of reflected in the warriors warriors game and as much as i've been droning on about them being a team i really think that they're going to win just because they're really fucking good um but and i think that they where it's gonna where it's gonna help them is their bench. Steve Kerr plays through like ten players, nine or ten players. Most teams play through like seven or eight, but he plays like through mm-hmm. almost his entire bench. 
and they all feel comfortable out there and they're mm-hmm. all younger and they have the three old veterans you know and well four including Udala, but they're a damn good team and i i wouldn't be shocked if they swept probably won't happen but i wouldn't be shocked by i say warriors in at least six that's my prediction what about you nikita yeah, I was kind of thinking along the same lines. Um, actually, a few weeks ago, I was chatting with another uh, former coworker, current buddy of mine, and uh, he asked me, what uh, What am I thinking about the East and the West? And this was like probably two, three weeks ago. And I said, Golden State out of the West and Celtics out of the East. And here we are wow. uh, two or three weeks later, and that's exactly nice. what's happening tonight. So I didn't put any money in, unfortunately. Back in hindsight, I'm thinking, oh, I should have put a couple hundred on that, but uh, you know. Yeah. Line, but I think <laughs> yeah. Eric, I have to agree with you. I think uh, it's going to be Golden State in six. All right, pro, pro you heard corrupt. it here first yeah. <laughs> or second, friends. Proker of Donis instead of Nostradamus, Proker of Damas. We have to think of a name for you, it's really bad, but we'll no, think of something. That's, that's okay. I already have to, I already have a name. It's okay. Thank you, though. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I've been Nikita. called many things and many names, but I prefer Nikita. There you go, Ras Ras Pope. Prokhorov, Ras Prokhorov. There you oh, go. You got the there it is. There. So well, once please, again, please not that not that he was a a, a whatever. What was this? Please don't stab me, poison me, hang me, or quarter me, or shoot me. Please, please, please. please. Hey, all I all I know all I know about Rasputin is isn't there a brewery that makes a damn good like imperial stout or something yes. called Rasputin? Rasputin. They make it out. I, so I don't know if they make it here, but they sell it out here at the um like. Berkeley I think it Bowl. is at West. Yeah, it's I want to so say it's good. at West Coast. It's brewery. really good. It's, it's very, about, very good. Yeah, it's about thirteen bucks <clears> a four pack. It, yeah, they're. 10 ounce bottles i don't think they're 12 ounce bottles either but anyway um thank you so much nikita for coming on brother i really appreciate it oh, it's been a pleasure if yeah. it's yeah, great, yes. to meet you, great to chat and awesome fantastic yeah. to finally meet the meet the person i've definitely heard a lot of things from kirk and now i'm glad to see you're real yes yeah, <laughs> i was just making it up All right. <laughs> hey i'm kirk Vaisola. i'm the founder and creative director of mind the font and i'm here with my good friend andy kurtz founder and creative director of buttermilk creative and you just listen to the Kirk and Kurtz packaging design, which more design podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll, we'll hear you next hour. We'll, God, words. Thank you for listening. And you can listen to us again soon. I was going to say, uh, we'll see you next time, but nobody's fucking seeing us. It's just the weird we saying that we have. Yeah. yeah. It's so see weird. you later. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> Peace. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. <laughs>